Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo, what's up? This is Maul, co-host of the Joe Button Podcast with Rory and Maul. This is OPP. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Welcome to another episode of Other People's Podcast, a podcast that highlights your favorite podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Today's special guest is Maul, co-host of Spotify's Joe Button Podcast. Maul, alongside star of the show Joe Button and co-host Rory, release bi-weekly episodes where they have engaging conversations about hip-hop and other facets of popular culture. Since its inception in 2015, the Joe Button Podcast has grown to become one of the most popular hip-hop shows on the internet, which recently landed them an exclusive deal with Spotify. I chat with Maul about his upbringing in the Bronx, how he teamed up with Joe and Rory, and a whole lot more. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to the co-host of the Joe Button Podcast, Maul. What's up, Maul? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Dude, it's, uh, I can't complain. Life is good. I'm hanging out with Maul right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what would I have to complain about? I mean, you know, we're here, man. We're healthy. We're living. Exactly. That's all, that's all we can ask for. Well, it's, it's nice to have you here. Like, literally, we're running in, in similar circles. Yeah. yeah. To, to the point where I'm like, oh, you know, you know Maul? Yes, I'm seeing see Maul in an hour. Oh, right. I'll see Maul in three hours. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's a small city. You know how that goes, though. You know what? It, it gets smaller and smaller the the more time you're here. When you first right. get here, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you you know how it is. Uh, especially now with social media. I mean, the world is even smaller now. Everybody's connected, and um, there's nobody you can't get in touch with. You can't, you know, get on the phone with. It's just a matter of reaching out, and somebody knows somebody, and everybody knows somebody. Yeah, you're a very personable guy. Yeah, that I wasn't expecting that from you, honestly. Yeah. I mean, no. people, you know what it is? Uh, for whatever reason, people seem to think that I'm this standoffish guy. I just kind of stay, you know, to myself, man. I mean, right. Yeah. Not, not saying that I thought you would be mean. Yeah. No, no, no. Not, not that. I'm but just in terms that. of, you know, typically uh, my native New Yorker friends, uh-huh. it's a little bit more of a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because growing up in New York City, I was, I would imagine so it was a lot different than it is today mm-hmm. as far as you have to have your guard a little bit more. Right. I'm more up. Right. You know, but I was like, I remember I saw you going up to the guys on um, It's The Real. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Eric and Jack, man. They're great yeah, guys. good dudes. And uh, I was like, oh, Maul's right there. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me let me say hello. I'm like, I chase you down like, hey, Maul. Yo, what's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, I'm Corey. <laughs> right, right. Take my number. Yeah. yeah. You, see, you see how I was. I'm just in the cut, chilling. Yeah. By myself. Where, where, does that, where does that personality come from? Um... I don't know. That's always been me, man. I, I just stay to myself. I mean, I got my crew that I run with, but you know, as you get older, you kind of just because everybody's not, you know, they don't move like I move. Like I'm, I don't like to be noticed. I don't like to really like, you know, I'm not loud. I'm not looking for attention. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like as you move like that and grow like that, you kind of shed those people that like that. Like a lot of my homeboys still like, you know, be loud and turn up. I'm just like, man, 
I'd rather be in the house chilling. So even when I go out, I always find the corner and I just stay in the cut and just watch people. I love people watching. That's that's something that people don't know about me. Like I like to stand like in the corner of a room where I can see everybody and just look at everybody and just like just watch their movements and watch their mannerisms and things like that. It's just like a weird thing that I do. Yeah, because uh, how are you handling, you know, the new success? Because now you're not just on a podcast, you're on a video podcast. So right. now I know who Maul is. Yeah. Maul kids can't duck me because yeah. I know who Maul is. Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> when we made that transition to uh, to video, uh, I knew what was coming with that. And that was um, a lot of the reasons why I wore a hat a lot was because I didn't want to be recognized. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was part of my thing. But it's you can't, even with the hat now, people recognize me. So it's kind of like that, that backfired a little. Did people ever recognize you? For your voice, did people ever spot you, and because of your voice? Um, one person did in a, in a store one day. Uh, it was online, and um, me and my homeboy was talking, and she turned around, and she looked at me like I recognized <laughs> the voice, and I had to turn around and it, it's you, and that was just kind of funny. But um, it's it's all of this is just weird to me, man. Like, cause I've never been a guy that likes attention. I don't like. Not that I don't like talking to people. I don't really just start talking to strangers like that. You know mm. what I'm saying? But it's cool. I'm learning to deal with it. And, you know, it's just, it's part of it. Part of it. You know what I mean? Something that kind of struck me about you is I'm a big fan of you. I'm a big fan of the Joe Button podcast. Thank you, I appreciate that. But I knew nothing about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I didn't know where you were from. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about you, what you did before podcasting. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of intrigued to go into this interview with what was your life like before podcasting? Like, where are you from originally? Bronx and Harlem. I, re I, re I read both. I went. My family's from Harlem. I went to school in Harlem, but I lived in the Bronx. So okay. I kind of, I kind of got ties in both boroughs. Oh, what's it like growing up in the Bronx? What's it like? Interesting, man. It was, uh, it, it was, it was rough. From, I mean, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't privileged, but I, I didn't struggle. I wouldn't say I struggled. Like my mom worked really hard, and um, you know. But just to just growing up in the neighborhood was was rough at times, you know, uh, violence and you know things like that growing up. But uh, for the most part, it was part of the journey, man. I'm not, I don't, I don't regret anything, and you know, it made me who I am today. So if you ask me, and you know, I wouldn't change anything growing up. Mm. Oh, what'd your parents do? Uh, my mom works at the hospital. She works at uh, the hospital in the Bronx. Uh, my dad is an electrician. Okay. Yeah. So um, you know, just a couple from Harlem. You know, growing up, <laughs> you know how that is, man. Like I, I didn't seen it all, heard it all. Like it's nothing out there that I haven't seen or heard growing up. What were you doing before podcasting? Like, tell me more about yourself. Like your career aspirations. Uh, I was trying to, to break more into the sports, in the sports uh, industry. Okay. Uh, working with athletes. Uh, a couple of my friends play professional sports. Okay. So I was, uh, you know, doing things in that in that field, trying to really break break through in that. It, it's it's tough to break through. In that in that field, if you don't have the right connections and relationships, okay, because it's uh it's so close knit, and it's like you know people that are already in look out for their people, you know what I'm saying. But um, that's what I was doing, and that's what I was trying to do. And uh, a lot of my boys was helping me, helping me make way with that. And then the podcast thing kind of just fell into my lap, just you know growing up and being friends with Joe for for a lot of years, and just you know it was a phone call to come on and be a guest initially, and then that turned into being a permanent fixture. Uh, you said you mentioned you wanted to get into sports. Was it being an agent? Was it being like working for a team? What was- what uh, More management. Okay. Strictly with, with, with athletes, marketing, management. 
Okay. Like that. Yeah. Did you never want to get into like managing musical artists or anything like that? Was it always sports? Uh, I tried to stay away from the music industry uh, only because my brothers, you know, I, watching them, growing up, watching them working it and seeing the ups and downs in that. I wanted to go a different route. Your family's in the industry? Yeah. Yeah. My my, my brothers, are, uh, you know, they... They they made they made some noise in the music business. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. So I, I growing up, I kind of wanted to, you know, carve my own lane and do my own thing. So I didn't really want to be on you know under the coattail and things like that. That would just always been me. I, if you go right, I'm gonna go left and see what's what's going on over here. What challenges did you face like in the world of sports? And do you miss that world? No, I'm still uh, I'm still in it in a sense because like I said, my a lot of my boys play professionally, so you know we we speak every day and. I go to a lot of games and stuff like that, and you know, if it's things we talk about business wise that I can help them with, that I, you know, I try to do that. Just that now with the with the show and the success of the show, my time is limited a little bit, okay. so I can't really go full throttle like I would like to at times. But you know, I still, I still, uh, I still do some things for them, and 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 whenever I can. What what are your favorite sports teams in New York? Mets, Jets. No, I'm a Yankees. Yankees. Fan. Yankees? Bronx, yeah, I'm a Yankee. I'm a Yankee fan. Giants, Jets. I don't watch football. Why is that? Can we curse on this? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I don't fuck with football. <laughs> I don't fuck with football. Why is that? Well, after the whole Kaepernick thing, I was just kind of done with the sport. I, I kind of felt the same way. Yeah. I, also, too, my team's racist. Yeah. So I like doubly lost yeah. interest. Patriots fan? Washington Redskins. Oh, yeah. 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 I, and I, was, I was a Patriots fan. What? Yeah. Why? Drew Bledsoe was my favorite quarterback growing up. Why? Yeah, it's just, that's just what it was, man. <laughs> Initially, I loved the jersey. Like, you know, as a kid, you just like jerseys and how they look. So I just, I thought the jersey was cool. Okay. And then, uh, like I said, Drew Bledsoe was one of, my, one of my favorite quarterbacks. So that just kind of stuck with me. He was nice, though. Yeah. I mean, did you like him when he went to the Bills? Uh, Did I like it? Well, I mean, yeah, it's more I New York than... Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I liked it because I was a Patriots fan. But, you know what I mean? It was like then Brady was born. So, you know, I wasn't mad at that. And so... so before the whole like NFL CTE Colin Kaepernick wave, who was your team after Drew Bledsoe? It was still the Patriots. Still the Patriots. Yeah, Tom Brady. Wow, you're a confusing yeah. guy. Yeah. Jeez, you didn't make any friends around here. No, <laughs> no. And I hate, I hate like the Red Sox. So it's like it was weird rooting for New England. Have you been to Boston? Yeah, a lot of times. What are your Boston. thoughts on Boston? The city? Yeah, great city. Uh, it's a, it has like a, it's a lot of history. Yeah. In that city. Um. The people are a little, it's a, it's a little rough. You it's know what I mean? Rough. It's a little rough, but I'm from New York, so I'm built for it. You know what? We're going to take a quick break, mm-hmm. and when we get back, we're going to get into your show, the Joe Budden Podcast. Okay, bet. And while we're back. We're back from the <laughs> break? <laughs> okay. You know, how did you first discover podcasting? Um, Well, I had a podcast. I, I was actually doing a, a part of a podcast uh, a few years ago called The Box Office. It was me and a few of my friends. We would do it every every Sunday up at Sirius okay. XM. And, um, you know, it was that's when the whole podcast thing before it really exploded. We were kind of doing that. And um, we had stopped because of scheduling. You know, it was, it was like three or, three or four of us. So, you know, people got their own schedules. Yeah, d- describe that show to me. What was it called again? The Box Office. And what was it about? Uh, it was just a group of us that would just get together every week and just kick it about random topics and, you know, just have a discussion about things. And um, it was cool. People seemed to like it a lot. Like, it, surprisingly, like, we didn't know what the hell we was doing, but the conversation was cool. It was funny. And uh, people seemed to like it a lot. But then, like I said, due to personal schedules and things like that, 
it was like one week somebody couldn't make it, the next week another person couldn't make it, then one week two people couldn't make it and all of that. And then we were doing it for free. So you know how hard it is to get people to come out of their house on a Sunday for free exactly, and record something. In, in February. They yeah, they didn't know what the <laughs> hell they was doing. So it kind of just felt, you know, it, it kind of just, just, just floated away a little bit. And the, the topic was based on? It was just random topics, man. So just free-flowing conversation. That's it. Like okay. we didn't have any like structure. It was like, listen, we're going to the radio station and we're just going to record. And it, like I said, the, the conversations ended up being really dope like and really funny. So people seem to like that a lot. I think people like in this era right now, people like real raw organic shit. Like people don't really want the overly produced, overly structured, like, you know, like whole ensemble of just shows and things like that. People want to feel like they're being let in on a conversation that they could see themselves having okay. on a day-to-day basis. So I think that's why a lot of podcasts are successful because it's not, you know, a lot of like bells and whistles. It's like, just turn the mic on, turn the camera on and just have a conversation. And I think people like that. Uh, was there a a show that you were initially a fan of? Like, how were you introduced to podcasting in general? Um, Taxstone. Taxstone. Yeah, my boy. Shout out to Tax. Uh he was he was somebody that you know I knew on a personal level. I know on a personal level, and uh, seeing his success and his growth was dope because it was like again, like I said, it was so raw and organic, and that's who he was. You know what I mean? And to see somebody like that get into a lane that you necessarily wouldn't see them in and have as much success as he had was just refreshing to see. So that was some something that you know I was proud of, and um. Something that I think the people like really, really loved and they really, really, you know, gravitated towards. And that's I think he made it he made it believable for cats to to get into the podcast and thing. Like you didn't have to be this super educated, you know, go to like broadcasting school and all of this other things that people like. I but what I like to call people set up these these fake walls to make you seem like you're not capable of doing this unless you do this or unless you go to school for this. And it's like, at the end of the day, to me, that's bullshit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like people, I can sit down and have a conversation with somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how much schooling do I need to sit down and have a conversation with somebody? And also have a knack for asking why. Right. For asking questions. Right. Which is a talent in itself. Yeah, no, it's definitely a talent, but that comes from, I mean, it, it's the type of person you But you can't you learn are. that from school. No, 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 no. You, right. That's what I'm saying. It's right. just the type of person you are. You have to be someone that's just you know, a people person, somebody that knows how to speak to individuals and just have a conversation and hold a conversation. It's the same as like if you're on the phone with, uh, you know, somebody that you're interested in, you know what I mean? And it's like, we're having a conversation. It's like, but can we keep the conversation going? Can you talk about things that I like? Can you, you know, keep me on the phone? Like things like that. And I mean, essentially to me, that's all that it really is. It's just somebody that can sit down and have a conversation with somebody and just be interesting. Uh, once that show uh, uh, ended, what was it called? called the, the the box office. Mm-hmm. Once the box office was over, uh, did you feel like your podcasting career was over? Did you feel like you no because out of it or or what? No, because again, I didn't. Podcasting was never something that I looked at. I thought I would be doing. That was just something that we were having fun with. And you know, the uh, one of the, the producer of the show, he he used to always tell me like, "Yo, you have a, a knack for this. Like, you should really think about doing this." And I'm looking at him like. Bro, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just coming up here doing this and we having fun. But he he saw it early. And um what, what was that? What was that knack that he saw? Um, he just felt like my personality, um, mystique about me. He thought it was uh intriguing, he thought it was interesting, and he thought that people would like it and uh my humor, 
he thought that it came across well, you know, in conversation and on the show. So he really was trying to push me to really, really pursue it. And I wish I would have because I would have been further in this in this industry. But, you know, th- everything happens. Timing is everything. So I'm not, you know, like I said, I don't regret anything. And it, it all happened when it was supposed to. Like, what did you learn from that experience of being in that first show? Um, that, that That's helped you today with, with patience. And, and explain that. Um. You got to be patient with anything, really. But when you, you know, you're breaking into new grounds like podcasting, um, you have to put in a lot of work. You have to uh, stay the course. You have to believe in what you're doing. And um, again, man, you just got to be persistent and be patient because at the end of the day, that's that's what separates people. Like if you're persistent and because anybody can, you know, buy some microphones and a camera and record you know conversations but it's like how persistent are you you know how patient are you in this industry because even with you know the joe button podcast we were doing that every week for free you know we wasn't we weren't getting paid and but it was something that we believed in and we we had a vision and we knew where we were going with it and it was that's why it was we separated ourselves mainly because we were so persistent every week we were doing the show we putting out a show and um there were times where we were like, damn, what the fuck is going on? Like, we're not getting paid. You know what I mean? It's like, but we understood, we felt the momentum. We felt the the, the shift. And it was like, okay, we got something. And then that's what forces you to go harder and be more persistent and turn it up. And here we are today. How'd you meet Joe? Even from the very I beginning? I met Joe years ago. Um, I'm My first initial meeting with Joe, I think I met him just walking in the offices of Def Jam. Uh, you know, back in those days, I say those days, damn, it was a while ago, but <laughs> it was, um, you would see at Def Jam, you would see artists just walking around in, in the offices, like kicking with people that worked there, uh, you know, because that don't, during that time, you know, social media wasn't really a thing. Um, so artists had to really play the offices. You had to really, you know, go and talk to the person that was in charge of marketing. The person that was doing radio, that was pushing your song. You had to build a relationship with these people. Mm. Now you can kind of do that over your phone. You don't ever have to go in the office and talk to anybody. You know what I mean? So that's how I initially met him. I knew who he was just because I was a, I'm was. i a fan of rap and I followed his career, the mixtape thing and all of that. So I knew who he was. And then years after that, a friend of mine, well, yeah, a friend of mine was, uh, he was playing with the uh, New Jersey Nets at the okay. time. And him and Joe, you know, they would talk online and stuff like that. And then we we end up meeting up at the studio or something. And then from there, that was just, you know, the beginning of our, our, our relationship. Okay. And and how did it come to be that he was going to start a podcast and ask you to be on the show? Well, I mean, he, he the funny thing is when I was doing the box office, I had uh, I had asked Joe, say, yo, you should come on one day and... um. And uh, record an episode with, with us, you know what I mean? And he kind of looked at me like, "Man, get the fuck out of here! That podcast and shit is corny." <laughs> you know, this that's just how Joe is. Like he, you know, even f- f- I would t- try to put him on the things early, and he would just wave me off. And now it's funny we talk about it because everything I was trying to put him onto, he does in his everyday life now. <laughs> like even from the way he dresses. Like I used to tell him, "Joe, stop wearing your shit so big. Like stop wearing your shit so baggy." <laughs> now he wears his shit slimmer than I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. it's like. He's just an extremist from, he goes from one end to the other. So, um, you know, it's just, he started his podcast. Um, At the time I was in Detroit working with a close friend of mine. He was playing with the Pistons at the time, Brandon Jennings. And um, Brandon, he had signed with the Knicks. Yeah. And uh, so we came back to New York and 
Joe had hit me and said, yo, you should come on the show. You should come do a, a episode with Hilarious. Me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And at the time, he was going through a transition. Uh, Marissa, you, she, when she started the show with Rory and Joe, she, uh, she wasn't no longer on the show. So Joe and Rory were kind of looking for, you know, what they were going to do next. Like, are we going to go with a female? Or are we going to go with a ma- another, bring a male? You know what I mean? They didn't really know. So they asked me to come on. I went and did the show. And Joe, he, you know, he, he said the people loved it. They loved the episode. And he asked me if I would come on the next week. So I was like, sure, no problem. Like, I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm back in the city now. So went on the next week. And then after that, it just became a conversation of, yo, you should think about, like, coming on full time. Like, just being a part of the show. And I told him as long as Rory was cool with it, you know, I didn't have no problem with it. Because I just, I didn't want to come in and disrupt what they had. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it, it, it was a change. It was a shift. Like you go from having a female co-host to now having a male co-host, and it was like you know I just wanted to make sure Rory was cool with it, and you know Rory was cool. Joe was like, yeah, let's do it, and you know here we are. Uh, so what goes into uh, the preparation for the show? Because it's very difficult to, you know, for me, I, I interview someone, mm. you know, so I kind of come in with maybe not notes, but an idea of what I'm going to talk to this person about and mm. kind of get a free-flowing conversation. Mm. How do you build that cadence, that relationship, and how do you build that flow to talk for two hours, sometimes three hours in a conversation? Um, Again, for us, it's a natural thing because we know each other. You know, like I said, me and Joe have known each other probably, you know, maybe 14, 15 years now maybe. So it's, uh, you know, it's a natural conversation when you know somebody. Like you can kind of feed off of them, you know the type of mood they're in, you know, you know, certain things to talk about that's going to trigger certain things. That's why you see a lot of the times we get into personal, you know, topics about each other and things yeah. like that, and that just grows the conversation, you know, as you go. Like we we have certain points that we talk about. We try to cover things that are going on in the culture, you know, from a weekly basis. But a lot of the times we there's no real super structured thing. Like I, I got to be honest, like. And I think that, again, I think that's what people love about it is that they can sense that this is something that's not really a big production and it's not overly produced. It's really just a conversation amongst friends. And it's kind of like being let in on a group chat. You know what I mean? I like to say that a lot. Like, it's kind of like we let the people in on our group chat. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So people sit down and even when I meet people in the street that follow the show and like the show, that's what they tell me. They like, yo, I feel like I know you. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we boys, like, because I listen to you so much and- it, the same conversations y'all have are the same conversations that me and my friends have. I hear that a lot. And and that's exactly what I think we set out to do. We wanted it to feel like, you know, the listeners and the viewers were sitting in with us and, and they were part of the conversation. You recently had Pusha um, on, mm-hmm. the, on the show. Mm-hmm. Great episode yesterday. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, you know, how is it different when you have a guest on the show? Guess that's something that's not typically done. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that change the, the dynamic of the interview if at all well usually when a guest comes on they're coming on for a reason so it kind of you know that's kind of what the the conversation is going to be based around is the guest but we still like i said we don't do interviews like you know we're right. selling push it this isn't an interview this is a conversation, conversation. you know what i mean like we we just kicking it you know you could ask us questions we could you know just kick it about whatever the hell you want to talk about and um Push had reached out because of, you know, the 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 shop had had came on HBO with Drake and uh LeBron. And uh he reached out that night that it aired and you know he heard some things, he watched it obviously and said he wanted to clarify a few things. 
So it was like, okay, cool, no doubt. You know, it made, it made sense. And um, you know, having guests on, it's a it's a different dynamic because you're bringing somebody else in that's not really a part of what you do on a data on a weekly basis. But again, it's essentially just having a conversation. And it's like we, you know, we we're well versed in who Pusha is and what he does. You know, we're we're all fans of of his work. So it was um it was interesting to have that sit down and talk with him because we got some questions uh, answered that we, we we wanted and we were looking for. And he exposed some things that we didn't know he was going to expose. And even from there, that just grows the conversation. Like you feed certain things into it and the conversation grows from there. And I think the people enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's, it's mixed. You know, I'm getting a lot of mixed feedback as far as whether people believe it or not or, you know, but the important thing is I think that you got to start the conversation. And I'm, you know, me personally, I'm done with the whole beef thing between right. Drake and Pusha. Like, I could care less about it. Now, to me, it's more about, you know, what happens from here now? You know, can these gentlemen sit down, have a conversation with each other, which I think would be dope? Because I think a lot of it, even in talking to Pusha, was, uh, you know, and you probably know you have misunderstands with people. It's just a lack of communication, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like... I'm sitting there listening to Push, and I'm like, if you and Drake had a, in my mind, I'm thinking if this guy and Drake had a conversation, this would be reconciled immediately. Well, well the mo- the main thing they got from that interview because you guys don't do a lot of interviews mm-hmm. um, with other other folks coming in mm-hmm. um, to the show was just like the level of trust that artists have with you guys. Um, well, you, I think did it's you like feel that as well. Well, I think it's like what Pusha said. Um, as far as the culture goes, we we know the culture. We right, know what exactly. we're talking about. We're not just sitting there guessing shit. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a level of comfort with, for the guests. Like, they know that they're coming into an environment. Again, we're, we're not grilling you. We're not, you know what I mean? We're not... It's not an interview. Like, I tell people all the time, like, I don't, I don't ever want to interview anybody. Like, I like just having a conversation. Like, you know what I mean? So, I think the guests that see that, they saw, you know, coming off the chance uh, conversation that we had, and they saw Chance in the light where you typically don't, because like Chance came o- came on the show, he's not promoting anything. Like he doesn't have a project coming, so it's not like he was up there on a press run to promote a project he has coming out. He just really wanted to have a conversation. Mm. So I think people saw that, and that kind of started the snowball effect, and the pusher one now kind of blew the door down and. We've had, you know, a lot of phone calls of people wanting to come on and sit and have conversations now. And whether or not we're going to take them and, and have these conversations is up to us, you know, because we I don't we want to we, we don't want to paint ourselves in as the guest based show now because essentially it is just our, our personalities right. on the show. But you know, if it makes sense, I think if it's something that the people want, you know, and they have some questions that they want answered from certain people, I think we'll we'll make you know more guests happen. But uh, we're not just jumping out there, just just snatching guests. That's not what we do. So I think that um, you know why I started this podcast to you know interview other famous podcasters because we're going to have the first generation of. Am people. I famous? I don't think I'm famous. Uh, in the world of podcasting, you are. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Okay. Um, for sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. If I'm listen, I got to ask sometime. I don't know. I don't. I don't well, feel like I'm famous. Well, what was the uh, the famous NBA uh, referee? Oh come on, I'm, I'm drawing a, a blank. The one who cheated, or, in, or NFL. Uh, Ed Hockley, okay, right? mm-hmm. he's a famous NFL referee, right? But he's famous in his in his world particular field. Got you. But I think we're going to see 
a new wave of people who mm-hmm. are going to grow up wanting to be podcasters. Which I think is dope as fuck. Super dope as fuck. Yeah. So you were mentioning that you don't do interviews. It's more of a conversation. But what's the distinction between giving an interview and a conversation for you? For me, um, I don't like to come into the conversation with any like, you know, I don't want to research any gossipy shit and, you know, ask any questions that's too like intrusive. You know what I mean? It's kind of like just get to know somebody, have a conversation. Like I like I like for it to feel like, you know, it's just where we're somewhere in like a real comfortable setting, whether it's like a living room or, you know, just somewhere at a restaurant and we're just having a conversation, man. I don't because when you when you make it feel like an interview, I think people clam up a little bit because they're like, oh, this person gonna try to put me out there and have, you know what I'm saying? Like ask me some crazy shit and have me. So it's like, no, let's just have, it's just a free flowing, just relax, let's just have a conversation. Mm. So I think when you set that environment for people, it makes for a better, you know, situation. People are more comfortable, people more, you know, likely to open up and just be themselves. Like I tell people all the time, like, this is great doing a podcast and, you know, you're a rapper or whoever you are, it's great. Like, you know, that's how you make a living. But it's like, at the end of the day, we're human. Mm. Let's just act human. Let's just have, let's just talk to each other. Like, I don't want to like get... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Get into exposing you or finding out any deep, dark secrets about you. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. You know what I mean? I, I've never been that type of person. I just want to have conversation. Where do you guys record? It seems like you guys have changed locations like, uh, we 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 because we we record normally in our uh, home studio. It's in uh, it's in Queens, and it's a little the space is a little small. Okay, but uh, I think even that's dope because it it gives it that real like you know, just that that feeling of comfort, comfort, right? right. Cozy. It's, but uh, for the guest, you know, we try to make it more more space. So we moved uh for the chance uh interview and then uh, well conversation. And we moved for the uh, pusher conversation, just to make it more comfortable for for the for the guests. Uh, you guys just um, you know made major waves with your move over to Spotify, which yeah. big congratulations. Thank you. That's major. Thank you. Um, you know how has that you know how that move even happened? Like how, how that even come about? Persistence, man, and patience. Like I said, it was uh you know we had some offers early from uh, other platforms that you know we kind of walked away from because we felt like. It wasn't the right time. And we felt like if, you know, in business, you just got to know, like, if somebody's offering you this, that means that they have a lot more available for you. Right. You know what I mean? So, and knowing that, you have to kind of just pick and choose wisely because, you know, you might take this opportunity, but then that one opportunity will stop seven other opportunities from happening. Right. So you just got to be careful and you just got to understand, know your end game and know know what it is that you're trying to do. And once you do that, like, just have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, I tell people all the time, like, this is fun, man. Like, you know, we like, I could be, you could be doing things that are like real stressful things, like having a podcast and sitting down, kicking it with your friends. 
and you know reaping the benefits now getting paid for it is like some super dope shit you know what i mean so it's like just have fun with this shit man like don't don't think too much about it like this is like this is cool you know what i mean it's cool to sit down and kick it with people uh how has the move from spotify changed the the show and the exposure of the show well i think we reach uh you know more people now um you, i can i can definitely can sense it and feel it because there's people that say things about me online that are like I'm I can tell that they just started listening to me. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Like, oh, you're a yes man and you just agree with everything Joe says. And I'm like, this person definitely just started watching <laughs> because if you follow the show, you know me and Joe bump heads a lot. Yeah. And we don't agree a lot of the time. So it's like, welcome to the show. Like, you know what I mean? Well, thank you for the new listen, but I'm definitely not a yes man. So but you know. I mean, it, it definitely Spotify has definitely given us uh, a tremendous platform, and um, we're we're excited, man, to be part of the family now. You know, many people on a uh, particular show, everyone brings a different vibe. It's almost like being in a an in sync. Mm-hmm. You have the heartthrob, right? You got the person who's the rock, who right? It down, right? Um, like, what are you, Joel, uh, you, Joe, and Rory's role in in, in the show, personality wise? Man, I I mean, if you know, I I guess I'm the the mysterious guy of the group, if you if you want to call it that. People seem to give me that moniker, like I'm the mysterious, laid back, cool guy. I guess, but you know, anybody that knows me personally, that they love it because they're like, yo, you're being yourself. This is a, like I'm not. This is not a script. This is not an act. Like you know, I see people online saying, oh, you you act too cool for school, and I'm like, bro, if you know me in real life, this is exactly who I've been my entire life. Like I'm, this is not an act. Like I really just, I'm a, I'm a laid back guy. Like I can turn up. Don't get it twisted. Like I can definitely, you know, be the life of the party and you know things like that. But it's like, I'm really just a laid back, cool guy. Like that's just my my natural demeanor. So, I think I would be the the cool laid back guy in the group. Uh, Rory would kind of be, you know, like the hipster, just like uh, you know. Nerd. I want. I want to call Rory a nerd, but he would be. Yeah. You know, he would kind of take that 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 role, and you know, Joe is the the Bobby Brown of the, of the group. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what the fuck he's gonna do or say. He might not show up for a show. He, you know, what I mean, he might get locked up. Like it's just like that. That would be who Joe is. Um, and you know, we've gotten to a point in the show where I call it our podcasters picks where. I ask uh, the subject of today's show mm-hmm. to give me three podcasts that they enjoy that we should be listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are three podcasts? What are Maul's picks? Uh, three Maul's podcasts picks. that you enjoy that we should be listening to. Oh man! Currently, um, I enjoy Van Lathan's podcast, The Red Pill. Uh, Explain that. I never podcast. heard of that podcast. Uh, Van is uh he 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 just got a damn and I don't want to fuck this up because he has a, a really dope position at TMZ now. Um, I, it's, oh Van, he's the black guy. Yes. Okay, there we go. Yeah, okay, Van. Okay, Van. Go. He, they cool, 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 cool dude. Uh, very supportive. Um, very smart individual. Um, and I think that he's he's gonna really really make some big noise in the podcast world. Uh, what is this podcast generally about? Um, he talks to, you know, people in the culture and, uh, and kind of just sits down and have a conversation with them and, um, you know, just gets to know them a little better and highlight what it is that they do. But, uh, Van is just the way his, his, it's the way he speaks with people. 
that I think is super dope because here's a guy who's obviously very, very intelligent, but he has a cool factor to him. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's dope to see that, like this guy who you would think is not, you know, once he starts speaking, you're like, okay, he's an educated guy. He knows what the fuck he's talking about. So uh, yeah, Vans, uh, Red Pill Podcast. Um, oh yeah, Tax was obviously, you know, that was my my favorite podcast. Um, so yeah, we can count tax. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, explain taxes show. Oh man, taxes. (laughs) Tax was just you know he he's a uh, he's New York man. He's Brooklyn. You know when I say that it's um he just doesn't give a fuck. He's gonna say what he feels. He's gonna stand by it. Um, but at the same time, tax, which I think surprised a lot of people too. He was very a very smart dude. Very very uh very intelligent guy and um you know it was just from a different perspective you know what i mean it was from a, a more brash uh tough like a tough love type of thing where it was like you know he's going to tell you straight up yo i don't i don't fuck with you <laughs> yeah but welcome to the show you know what i'm saying but <laughs> yeah it was that it's that type of shit where it's yeah. like sort of throw somebody off or somebody who's not secure in them in their in themselves it's like what the fuck but at the end of the day, it's like, I got to respect this dude. You know what right. I'm saying? Because it's kind of like, you know, he's not sitting here playing fake phony with me. He's like, yeah, no, I don't like you. But I figured we'd have a conversation just to see if I really don't like you. Mm. You know what I mean? It was kind of like that thing. So I think people, you know, they looked at that like, what the fuck am I listening to? But it's interesting because it's like, it makes sense to really have somebody that can talk like that because... Sometimes you need that. Like this era that we're in is, is like super sensitive for whatever reason. Like, you know, I see it all the time. I see people online. Like one thing that uh, we, we spoke about was um when uh Kanye said uh to turn off the likes on Instagram. Like you should we should delete like the uh, option to like pictures so that people don't feel like, you know, because people, you know, they get kind of like depressed or sad when they see other people have likes and they don't. And I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about right now? Like, if you're that depressed and that sad with somebody's not, just get the fuck off the app. That's just me. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, delete the app. But but do you think that's, so everything's about perspective, right? So so do you think that, because let's say, for instance, on, you know, the Joe Button podcast or mm-hmm. many other podcasts, or on this podcast, this very moment, the life of Kanye West is being discussed Right, his life is the subject of every single show, so that would fuck with me if my life was the subject. It's different when you're talking about the subject. Mm-hmm. I get it, but my thing is, you know, even just from his perspective, I agree with you. Yeah, from his perspective, but it's like you know, I'm just talking to the people that are like super sensitive. If they post a picture and it only has forty likes, right, and they're like, you know, sad about that, like wh- what? Like, well, do you think also though that it's a matter of society? Society puts that judgment if that photo only gets forty likes. Like, you're not popping if it doesn't get thousands of likes. It's, it's, it's. I don't buy into that mindset because I know people on social media who are super cool. Like, and I'm, I'm talking about in real life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and I have more followers than them. I get more likes than them, and I know in real life they're cooler than me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, you know, you just have to know who you are, like, as a person. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. this Instagram is so, all, all this, this shit is just like a facade. Like, even when you meet some of these people that are, like, deemed to be cool and funny online, when you meet them in person, 
You're like, dog, you're corny that as fuck. That definitely it has, uh, uh, you're great at marketing. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, I'm like, oh, I get it. This is all a fairy. This is a fairy tale. Like that's, and that's how I look at all of this shit. Because literally, you know, you can be whoever you want to be on social media. Like right now, if I put in my bio that I'm a veterinarian and I take a couple of pictures with dogs and cats, people might really think that I'm studying like pet medicine and shit like that. Exactly. Like you can be whoever you want to be, like just by taking a picture and posting it. So that's why I don't understand why people get so bent on that and get upset at, because I'm like, oh, this is not real. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not, this is like, you can be and depict whoever you want. There's filters for, you know what I mean? Like you can make yourself look like somebody that you're not. So that should tell you alone that all of this is just like, it's just a window. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, yo, if you can't handle what goes on in this world, then just don't step into this world. Like, don't go here. Don't just go somewhere else. Or don't follow these, you know, it's it's as simple as not following certain pages. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you feel like you, you, you're going to have depression, anxiety, then follow some uplifting pages. Follow some things like... <laughs> No, I'm, right, I'm being right, honest. Right. Like, don't right. follow the Instagram models because you feel like you don't look as attractive as they do. You're totally right. You know what I mean? Like, don't follow these women. If you're trying to compare yourself to them, like, don't follow them. If you're trying to compare yourself, you know, I had I tell people all the time, I had to unfollow Floyd Mayweather. Like, I was like, the shit he was doing, I was like, fuck. Like, this, <laughs> he's spinning shit. Like, I'm just like, nah, my life, he, I had to unfollow... Uh, What's the uh, Dan Blitzerin? Uh, oh yeah. yeah, it's like, dog, I'm not living right. Like, look what this motherfucker's. How look how he's living? I'm, you know, I started looking at myself like I'm not, I'm not lit enough. I gotta start. I gotta step my shit. Up. I clicked unfollow. I'm yeah. just being honest with you. Right, like, right, right. I, I'm no, secure within myself. But I had to follow that shit because it was like, here's this dude waking up in a in a in a penthouse in Vegas with 20 naked girls on a on a Wednesday. With and guns and with like guns the desert. playing poker and the deck. I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, no, I got it. This is this is not real. You know what I mean? This is not a real thing for me. So you just unfollow it. Like it's just as simple as that. So, you know, but this era, like I say, man, it's just people are super sensitive. Um, for whatever reason. I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of I was coming outside when there wasn't any social media. Like where we had to entertain ourselves. Like where we had to, you know, if I came outside and my outfit was whack, like I would hear about it all day. Either I'm gonna, you know, learn how to dress cool, or just stay in the house until I can dress cool. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was like, you know, that to me that molded me to be the person I am today because I really had to go outside. I really had to be on the block and hang out with my friends. Like now, people hang out in their bedrooms and talk to their friends on the phone. You know what I mean? Or Facetime their friends. It's like people don't even have real human interaction like that. Like, you know, on a, just on a, a hangout basis, like I tell people all the time, a lot of people are even more socially awkward now. Like I, I'm still one of those people that I'll see a group of women sitting down in a restaurant or in a bar and I'll just start speaking. And now they'll look at you like, uh, you know, who is this weirdo saying? I'm like, I'm just saying hello to a group of women. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> like, I don't think I come off intimidating. I don't think I come off as a weirdo. Like, I'm just saying hello. It's just human shit. But People don't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we're losing human, like just the basic human interaction we're losing. So it's just, just like I said, man, you just got to know who you are and be secure with yourself. And I mean, I for me, you know, I I just I'm glad I was raised and born when I was born because I think I still have a lot of those, ish, uh, you know, values, from values and, and morals and ethics that 
that I think are disappearing. But you mentioned that on Instagram today that you could have, you could put them there, you're a veterinarian, take up pictures with some dogs and you're a vet, veterinarian. Yeah. But you're stepping into a role of now being a, uh, you've stepped into a role of being a, a curator of culture mm-hmm. and having a voice on culture. Are you mm-hmm. comfortable with that role? I'm comfortable with it only because I, you know, I know that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like if I had no idea what I was doing and I was talking about and I felt like I was feeding people bullshit, then I would be worried because I'm like, okay, somebody's going to call me out on this soon. You know what I mean? But I mean, if I if I say something and I speak on something, it's because I believe in it and I've, I've researched it enough that I'm comfortable with feeding it to the public. And, you know, if I say something that's cool, I'm not saying that you're not cool if you don't think it's cool. I'm saying, yo, here's something that I think is cool. I think is dope. I think that anything that I think is cool, most people would find cool and interesting. That's just my thought process. Like, is there I, any part about that that makes you uncomfortable? Because I would imagine that you, you know, have industry relationships or industry friends. You may have to speak about people that you're personally cool with, mm-hmm. um, that you vibe with as individually as as people, right? Does that well, the push the interview was uncomfortable for me because, uh, you know, me and Drake, we're not best friends or anything like that, but me and Drake are cool. So it was kind of uncomfortable like hearing these things because I'm like, damn, like, you know, this, this <laughs> that's a, my guy. This is a dude I I've been to his house. Like, you know, I, I go in his fridge and make a turkey sandwich if I want to. You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I spoke to Drake and he understands. You know, he, he's like, fam, like I, I love the show. I think it's lit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have no issue with that. And, you know, it, it's just it, it only gets uncomfortable when you feel like you might be saying things about people that you know is going to come back and, and 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 bite you in the ass a little bit. Okay. And I don't put myself in that position. Like if I say something, I'm I stand by it. I'm totally cool with what I what I say. Like I don't I'm not going to backpedal on anything only because if I speak on it and I say certain things, it's because I believe that. Like people say a lot of times, you know, I'm real laid back and quiet on the shows because yeah, I don't I don't speak unless, you know, I feel like what I'm saying is is 100% authentic. Like I'm not going to just speak for shock value and for clickbait and shit like that. Like I'm not going to just throw sick ass headlines and quotes out there for the sake of a show. Like I don't do that. That's not how I was brought up. Like if I if I speak on something it's because that's it's a fact and that's what I believe. Um so you know what? the last thing with our podcast was pick. I get one more pick from you. Okay. Uh give me one more show that the listener should be listening to that you're a fan of. Um one more show is this show uh it's this Three young ladies from Toronto, they have a show called The Talk Up Podcast. Okay. What's it about? It's three three ladies. They're, they're friends and they speak about, you know, the typical things that three women that are friends would speak about. They cover things in the culture. They have uh, conversations about just what women, how women feel from women's perspective. And I, you know, the reason why I listen to that is because I, I'm always interested to to hear what women think. And, you know, how they feel about certain topics and certain things that are going on. Because I think that women give, women see things from an angle that men will never be able to see. You know what I mean? And uh, that's why I've always had a lot of female friends. I've always talked to women about certain things because, you know, as men, a lot of things get in the way of how we view things because we're too busy with, with our pride and our ego and, you know, trying to make it seem like nothing affects us or like we're trying to be emotionless in a lot of things. And I think in life, you have to add emotion into certain things because emotion is what's going to reveal a lot at times. You know what I mean? Like if you put emotion into 
relationships, it you know, it shows you who a person is. If 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 I show you that I care, you'll show me that you care, and then you'll you'll start to let your guard. It's a natural human thing, and I think as men, you know, when we deal with each other. We're so busy trying to look tough, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm cool. Like, nigga, no, you're not. You was just crying last night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, but it's okay. Like, you're, you're human. You're hard on Instagram. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> it's okay. I know that, you know, it's some things going on in your life that are upsetting you right now. And, you know, it's, talk to me. You know what I mean? And, but women, you know, they'll they'll give you that freely. You know what I mean? They'll... They'll have that conversation with you from a different angle. And uh, so that's the reason why I listen to that podcast. I really want to get more into listening to women's podcasting because I think that in the future, uh, women's, the women's roles in podcasts are going to be really, really big. Like kind of like what Oprah did with television. Totally. You know what I mean? So have you, you heard of Two Dope Queens? Yes, absolutely. So they're they're absolutely. killing it in yeah. the space. Yeah, absolutely. I hold I've heard of two dope queens. Um, and that's what I mean. Like I want to get more into following that because I'm gonna be honest. I really don't listen to a lot of podcasts only because we're so busy with our own podcast. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, whenever I whenever I get a chance, I I try to just see what's going on and listen to what's going on and uh just because like again I'm in this world now and I hate being in places where you know people that have dope podcasts are standing right next to me and I don't know who they are. Because I don't want it to seem like I'm. I just don't fuck with you. I'm not saying that. It's like I really don't know a lot of the time. So I'm trying not to be. You know, I, I try to open up my 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 knowledge on a lot of different podcasting. But I really, really want to focus more on women's podcasting. I'm gonna be honest. Like uh, Joe Rogan's podcast is super crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he his his shit is like out of this world. Um, but yeah. So yeah, the Talk Up podcast. Uh, that's one of the podcasts I think that especially women should listen to. Um. And and lastly, uh, ask this question to wrap up every interview mm-hmm. is more. Why do you podcast? Why do I podcast? Um, for whatever reason, growing up, people seemed to think that I was the funny guy on the block, and that I was somebody that people, you know, I walk into a room and have conversation, and people would automatically engage with me, and I, you know, a lot of people tell me it's it's easy talking to me, it's comfortable talking to me. Um. So I think podcasting for it, it 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 comes naturally for me, um, only because like I said, I'm from an era where we didn't have smartphones, we didn't have social media. We had to really engage with each other and have conversations with each other. And you know, I remember being outside till four in the morning, just on the block, kicking it with the homies, like talking about everything. So it's like you kind of apply to that. You know, you don't you don't really understand it growing up. A lot of Things that you're being groomed for as an adult, and this, like I said, podcasting wasn't something that I thought I would be doing. You know, I never had any intention on doing a podcast like seriously. I played with the idea of it, you know, a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, I just, you know, I think that it's it's, it's a platform that it, it allows you to kind of feed people information. You know, what I mean, like a lot of people are not privy to. Walk in circles I walk in and, and and learn things that I've learned. So I think it's just an opportunity to give that and pass that to other people who are just sitting down listening and letting them know, like, bro, listen, you can you can do this. You know what I mean? Like, don't overthink this shit. Like, just do it. Like, if you want to get into entertainment, do it. If you want to get into sports, do it. If you want to get into, if you want to be, we're in the era right now. Like, if you can be whatever you like, and honestly, you can be whatever you want to be. And you can do whatever you want to do. It's all about, are you going to be persistent with it? 
Are you going to be patient with it? Are you going to, you know, take the, the the losses with the wins? Because a lot of times you'll lose five times. Like, I'm done with this shit, but your win was right around the corner. And that win can change your life. You know what I mean? So a lot of times I tell people, man, like, if you don't love this shit, don't do it. If your heart is not in it, don't do it because it's going to feel like work. This podcasting shit doesn't feel like work to me. I'm going to be honest with you. This shit is fun. I'm loving every minute of it. I'm going to continue to love every minute of it. We're going to continue to try to push this shit as far as we can. And, you know, this is just the beginning. Like, I'm not, this podcasting shit is cool, but I'm thinking like, I'm already in 2020, like my thought process. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about bigger shit down the road. I'm thinking television, Broadway, you know, that that's where my mind is at because I, I know where this can go. You know what I mean? Like if you would have told me that I would have a voice on podcasting five years ago, I would have laughed. You know what I mean? But it's like now that I see it's a real thing, if I'm persistent and patient with it, once you show somebody that, you know what I mean? Like anything can happen when you put the time in. Now I'm going to try a lot of other shit and I'm going to try to put time into a lot of other areas because I know what comes from that when you water this plant and you watch it grow, then you'll, you know, you'll have something beautiful at the end of it. Maul, I'm a big fan of you, man. Big fan of the Joe Barton podcast. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here, being a cool ass dude. Thank you. Appreciate and what you're that, doing man. in the space, man. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you for having me. Man. Be out of here. Thanks. Thank you all so much again for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Maul, for stopping by the show. Be sure to check out the Joe Button Podcast, and I provide the link to the show in the description of this episode. This episode was mixed by Mark Bird. Music for this episode was provided by Richie Quake. Lastly, be sure to check out my other podcast, Silent Giants, which highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. I have the link provided for you as well in the description. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge, signing off. Till next time. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.